the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. TC Minneapolis, St. Paul. FM 107.5. K298CO. Minneapolis. Intelligent Radio. With SRN News, I'm Ron DeRostra. 100 nights and counting. Continued violence in Oregon's Rose City. Protesters marched to a police building where they were warned to stay off the streets and private property. Around midnight, police started pushing them out of the area, knocking people down and arresting those they say were not following orders. The demonstration started over the police killing of George Floyd and were further roiled after the slaying last weekend of a Trump supporter shot and killed when he came downtown with a pro-Trump caravan. The prime suspect in that shooting, a self-described anti-fascist, was killed Thursday by law enforcement. I'm Julie Walker. Meanwhile, Friday saw a third night of violence in Rochester, New York. Demonstrators lashing out against law enforcement for the death of Daniel Prude while in police custody. Rioters set off what appeared to be fireworks near officers. Three suffered injuries, including burns. This is SRN News. Dennis Prager sees the left exposing their true feelings. It is not surprising to me that there were demonstrators yelling in Oakland, death to America. They don't mean death to all Americans. It is death to this country as it exists. I don't understand how that differs from fundamentally transform terms that are used regularly by Democrats. The Dennis Prager Show, weekdays at 11 on AM 1280. The Patriot, Intelligent Radio. We'll have the second hour of the Headline Act. Mitch Berg coming up here in just a moment on AM 1280, The Patriot. Trump 2024, the world after Trump addresses the aggressive movement seeking to strip away our freedoms, teachings, and values while silencing religious voices and damaging our economy. Stream it today at SalemNow.com and use promo code Minneapolis to save 20%. Looking at our forecast in the Homestead Road Weather Center, we're going to have sunny skies, highs near 77, and lows around 61. The Northern Alliance Radio Network. The longest-running conservative talk show in the Twin Cities. It's great to be back in Minnesota today. Political analysis of the good, the bad, and the outright crazy. <laughs> now, here's your headline act, Mitch Bird. Welcome back, Twin Cities and World. It's the wind beneath the right wing. The show that is making talk radio great again, the Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 1280, The Patriot. My name Mitch Berg. My blog, five days a week, sometimes more, the Northern Alliance Radio Network. No, Shot in the Dark, shotinthedark.info. I mixed the two up. I've been doing it for so long, it's all the same thing. The blog is my show prep. The, uh, the, the show is material for my blog. It all just keeps me all going here. Uh, we have been doing this show for 16 years, and, and over... Over that time, as we go on towards the 17th year, along with my colleagues Brad Carlson, who is heard every Sunday from 1 to 3, and King Banyan every Saturday morning from 9 to 11 on our sister station, AM 1440, The Businessman, we've uh, been talking about the, the, the currents that affect this country. Uh, one of the things that I've been trying to figure out how to talk about, because it is an incredibly hot button, perhaps the hottest button subject of all for people on both sides of the political aisle, is... What if attempting to deal with all of this as one nation, as the pledge says, under God, indivisible, is a big mistake? What if it's just not doable anymore? And with us now to talk about this, longtime friend of the show, uh, longtime talk radio personality in his own right, uh, Albertville City Councilman Walter Hudson. Uh, Walter, welcome to the broadcast. Thanks for having me, Mitch. It's always great to be on The Patriot. It is great to have you here, Walter. And you did a post that, that for, on social media, on Facebook, uh, this past week that prompted me to get you on the show mm-hmm. uh, because you, you surfaced a subject that I have been f- w- trying to find a way to address, basically trying to find a way to get my arms around and fit into a half hour to 60 minutes on the radio. And that is, what if... After all this, 
Sturm und Drang over this past, not just few months here, but this last several decades of social upheaval, we've gotten to the point in this country where the various factions in our society have such irreconcilable differences that maybe it's best if we go our, find a way to go our separate ways, preferably peacefully. Uh, Dennis right. Prager puts it well. He says, Americans differ more ideologically, politically, intellectually today than they did in 1861. And looking, I mean, as, as evidenced by the fact that when the South separated from the North, they formed a government that was almost exactly the same. Uh, Walter, what prompted you to, to put out the post, uh, social media post this past week where you, you broached the subject that perhaps it's time to call it quits as a big united nation? Well, social media provides us a direct link to the collective consciousness of the United States. And what I see being communicated by folks on social media and in the mainstream media is vastly different and wholly irreconcilable worldviews. Um, and you know, to Dennis Prager's point regarding the fact that we're, we're more divided culturally today than we were uh, leading into and, and during the Civil War, I think that's beyond contest. I mean, I, yeah. if, if you'd asked me a year or two ago, I might have said, eh, I don't know about that. But setting aside the, the, the lack of open warfare, although that's arguable given the fact that we have cities that are on fire right now, <laughs> But, but setting aside the, the lack of that, just think in terms of the cultural views and the principles and concepts that people generally agreed upon. You know, a, a Union soldier and a Confederate soldier both could tell you what a woman was. Yep. Yes. You know, a Union soldier and a Confederate soldier could both tell you what marriage is. Yes. And there, there was absolutely no controversy whatsoever regarding the definition of those terms. Yeah. And, and they would look upon our current moment with the same sense of just befuddled amusement and horror yeah. that many, many of us uh, today in the, in the modern, I don't even like calling it the right anymore. I yeah. think the real division is between the American remnant and the insurgent left. Yep. And, and, and these two worldviews cannot coexist. The only way to resolve the conflict between the two is for one of them to wholly dominate and eliminate the other. Yep. Uh, or for there to be some sort of geographical separation between the two. And that is uh, the, the, the choice between elimination, separation, or the, the third option, which in some ways uh, on my more press- pessimistic mood seems the least likely, a return to the sort of federalism that made a very right. diverse nation possible in the first place, which we'll come back to in a moment here. But yeah, you're right. If you told a Union and Confederate soldier, you, you came up with a couple of issues right there on which they would have agreed. And I think the most important one and the one that is really the fault line between uh, the left's America and the American remnants version of America is the relationship between the group and the individual. This idea that groups bear culpability for the sins of the fathers, no matter how far back you have to go, and that there is no redemption or forgiveness for groups and that the, 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 the status and the actions of the individual within those groups are practically meaningless because it's all in a group context. The right. Union and Confederate soldiers would say, no, you don't, you don't visit the sins of the fathers upon the sons. We, we got past Western civilization, abolished that successfully for a long time. And yet, that's one of the great legacies of Western civilization, that the leftist insurgency in this country is working hardest, I think, of anything to erase. And that should horrify anyone who thinks about what we left behind in, in creating Western civilization, Walter Hudson. Yeah, I mean, we see it playing out in the streets, and unfortunately, we're seeing it play out in public policy, where the alternative to the fundamental political and social principles of Western civilization is anarchy, chaos, tyranny, uh, arbitrary rule by men, whether they be an oligarchy or a single dictator, it really doesn't matter. The point is, there will be no justice. Yep. You know, when, when the left goes out in the street and they shout, no justice, no peace, it's not a dichotomy. It's their promise for what they're going to give you. You're going to have no justice, and you're going to have no peace, because the basis upon which those two things are possible is rejected and, and vilified by them. They don't, they don't think, because ju- justice is served up on an individual basis. Yep. It's about what you do, not about what you're, what you're the, somebody who looks like you did. And uh, if we can't agree upon that, then we can't proceed as a unified nation. Yeah, we can't. And uh, given all the times in history 
where holding entire groups responsible for the sins, real or imagined, of, of their fathers and grandfathers in previous generations has redounded horribly, especially when people try and create a utopia around which entry, entry to which is based on those sins has gone horribly, whether the victims be Jews or right. or, or the, the, the former ruling class or whomever. They, they, they apparently think this time they're going to get it right, which baffles the imagination if you've studied any history, as you certainly have, Walter. Uh, well, go ahead. That, that's, that's why these folks are explicitly at war with history. Yes. I mean, they, tearing down a statue is, is more than a symbol. It's a, an act of physically removing a thing which reminds us of what is historically true. And they can't have history. The Nazis were exactly the same way. It's the burning of books. That's what any, any tyrant, any oligarchy, uh, any, any force that's trying to impose its will upon the individual has to do. They, they can't let you know how things worked in the past, because if you do, then you're going to be able to figure out that what they're proposing is not new. It's, it's ancient and it's garbage, and it's evil, and it needs to be dispensed with, and they can't have you figuring that out. Yeah, and underneath all of that, it's a battle uh, between the rule of law versus the rule of men, or people, or really mobs of people, people who are, who, who are imposing their group's version of justice, uh, and, and no peace, by the way, uh, as opposed to the other groups. I mean, basically, it's a repudiation of the rule of law, which is one of Western civilization's greatest achievements and really is the unstated victim of of the anti-everything. I mean, everyone on the left who calls himself anti-racist, well, all of Western civilization is the racism they're referring to. Likewise, anti-fascist, well, who are the fascists? All of Western civilization. It's all anti-Western civilization, Walter Hudson, and, and this literally stakes are could not be higher. The collapse of the civilization that has made us free, prosperous, and generally speaking, fairly safe. Yeah, when, when I talk about our cultural divide being irreconcilable, the rule of law cannot coexist with critical race theory. Put another way, the rule of law cannot coexist with collectivism, because what the rule of law said, like a fundamental tenet of the rule of law, is that everyone is treated equally under the law. Everyone individually is judged equally according to their deeds, not according to some demographic characteristic. Critical race theory blows that out of the water. It can't coexist with it. So we can't both have what the left is prescribing and the rule of law. They simply will not coexist, and that's part of the reason why we need some sort of national divorce. We do, and we'll, we'll come to the divorce in a moment here, because having been through that entire process, at least on an individual basis once, it's a huge step. It is a wrenching step. It causes all sorts of problems for the kids that uh, people are unraveling right. decades later. And yet... Uh, the 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 abuse that can frequently lead to divorce uh, can cause more damage. We'll talk about that in a moment here, Walter Hudson. But uh, America has been sorting itself. Uh, we, we're told by books, including the big sort, we've been sorting ourselves out into two different populations, broadly broken down as red and blue America, broadly broken down into groups that are urban, information-based, and f- very frequently left of center. Uh, I'm sort of an interloper in that world. Uh, And the rest of America, the red world, the world that begins up, well, by Albertville here in the Twin Cities, uh, Walter Hudson, we're red America, people who produce things rather than move numbers about. And uh, and, and frequently, overwhelmingly in many cases, vote Republican, vote conservative. Uh, The great, great sort's been going on, and to a great extent, most of America, even leaving out the insurgency versus the remnant uh, civil war. Most Americans never uh, uh, encounter people that they disagree with as anything other than cartoons these days. I mean, to a great extent, the separation has already happened, Walter Edson. Well, it, it, it has in, in the sense that you described. The problem is, is that those of us, as we separate into our cultural enclaves, we're not free to live our lives according to our own values in those enclaves. And the insurgent left and its political manifestation in the Democratic Party, and make no mistake, the Democratic Party is 100% fully on board with what you see happening in the streets, the burning down of cities, the complete uh, abandonment of the rule of law. Uh, 
they they were not going to let you just live your life in small town America according to your own values uh, and pursue your happiness as you define it. They're not content with that. They're coming after you. They're gonna if they don't physically come after you like they are in Kenosha, they're gonna come after your capacity to write your own laws and to live according to the consent of the governed. Yeah. Um, Kamala Harris is the the ultimate personification of this. And make no mistake. Kamala Harris is on the ballot to be the president of the United States. It's yep. not going to be Joe Biden. If yep. Biden wins, Harris is going to be your next president of the United States. And she is fully committed. She has no rooting in principle whatsoever. She is fully committed to completely deconstructing anything that resembles an individual right and imposing her arbitrary will upon you. Yep. And she and is, so- by the way, a, a, the visible manifestation of the far left's progressive faction in Congress, which will be the ascendant faction here if things don't change drastically. The people who believe in, quote, rebuilding America. I mean, a utopian vision that has never been anything but horrific and toxic throughout all of human history. Walter Hudson, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 12A, The Patriot, 651-289-4488. If you have questions, comments, feedback, observations, join us. This is going to be huge. Go nowhere. Look at all these options. You can fill an entire warehouse with all the different ways you can stream The Patriot. Top shelf choices include am1280thepatriot.com, our free app, and radio.com. Does your office need a little TLC? Do you notice your bathrooms are a bit smelly? Are the surfaces in your break room a little sticky? And isn't that the same coffee spill on the floor and chili splatter in the microwave from weeks ago? If so, I've got the solution. Hi, I'm Tasha, owner of Forever Cleaning. We're family-owned and offer affordable, reliable office cleaning all over the Twin Cities metro area. So if your office is screaming for help, call me today. Let's get you scheduled for your free walkthrough so you can receive your free quote at 763-807-9817. If you mention this ad, you'll receive 15% off your first month of service. Again, call 763-807-9817. Or you can visit my website at forevercleaning.com. That's the number four, evrcleaning.com. Remember, forever cleaning is so thorough, you'll wonder if your mom snuck in overnight and cleaned. I can't believe we have to make this commercial. It's ridiculous. You'll think it's ridiculous, too. Listen to this. This commercial is about, well... It's about parents being rude at high school athletic events. Ridiculous, right? It gets worse. Studies show more than 75% of new high school officials are quitting because of bad adult behavior. So now there's a shortage of refs here in Minnesota in almost all sports. No officials means no more games. Is that what you want for us? Come on, parents. It's time to grow up. Cheer for your team. Be proud of your children. But stop being so ridiculous. And don't make us run another commercial. Because we will. This message presented by the Minnesota State High School League and the Minnesota Interscholastic Activities Administrators Association. Reminding you to always practice good sportsmanship. I appeal to you to fight I fully recognize not everyone has a fighting nature, but everyone can help fighters. What's wrong is not to do either. If the troops have no supplies, the troops are worthless. This station is a fighter. So there's a very simple way for you to help this station, and that is just patronize their sponsors. Help us continue to keep the Twin Cities right by supporting the local businesses you hear on this station. Take your favorite Patriot hosts with you wherever you go by downloading our app. Listen to your favorite shows, see our social media posts, enter exclusive contests, and more. Just search for AM1280 The Patriot in the App Store. AM1280 The Patriot, the Northern Alliance Radio Network, 651-289-4488. Hey, don't forget, coming up to, uh, Thursday, rather, September 17th, 
Eight till nine, we'll have a special one-hour online event, Unbiased, the unvarnished truth behind race in America, featuring Larry Elder and Candace Owens having a candid and comprehensive discussion about the state of the race, a uh, state of race uh, relations in America. You don't want to miss this. Uh, go to am12athepatriot.com, click on the Unbiased link, get your tickets now. I will be there. Uh, since this is an online event, I won't have anything to do with co-hosting, but what the heck? We can find a way to chat anyway afterwards. Uh, go to am12athepatriot.com. Talking with Walter Hudson, Albertville City Councilman, longtime friend of this broadcast, former talk radio guy in his own right, somebody who does, in a just world, deserve back uh, to be back on the air, Walter. Let's see if we can uh, get your people to talk to whatever people we need to make that happen. And uh, we're, we're talking about the imperative... I think that he that he sees in a social media post this past weekend that I am approaching gingerly myself the notion that perhaps it's time uh, to try and part as friends in the United States of America. There's a lot of anger in America, Walter Hudson, as you're well aware. Uh, the left has been carrying on a, a deeply vindictive crusade against Donald Trump, uh, President Trump, and against his supporters. I don't think that would have changed if Marco Rubio or Ted Cruz or Mitt Romney, for that matter, had won the presidency, uh, because I think the personalities change, but the push to create a progressive utopia remains the same. On the other hand, as you're well aware and as you and I are part of, there's a pushback from the deplorable right. There's a lot of anger, resentment, bitterness and rage on both sides. A lot of steam is building up. And when it comes to big buildups of steam, if you don't get them under control, you either find a constructive way to vent it or you have an explosion. Uh, Walter Hudson, uh, I'm going to throw out two of the possible uh, solutions before we get to divorce here. And then I want to talk about the amicable separation. The first is a return of federalism. That's how we created a nation of 13 colonies that were incredibly different from each other in just about every possible way 200 and some years ago, 240 years ago. Uh, that's been suggested by the likes of Victor Davis Hanson, who said, it's, if we're going to save this country, it's time to refocus on creating a federalist republic with firmly delineated checks and balances and separated powers and, and a respect for the value of gridlock. Uh, something that's been perverted terribly over the last 100 years. There are those who believe it's possible. I cling to some hope of it. Walter, your notion of uh, getting federalism reestablished as a dominant uh, train of thought in, in governing a, a very diverse country. I think that is the solution. The question is, how do we get there? And so when I talk about national divorce, you know, one of the common comments I get in return, especially from folks on the left, is, well, that's absurd. What are you talking about? How could we possibly split up into two different nations? Well, we are already split up into 50 several states, and we also we have municipalities within those states. And if we had a truly federalist system, we would be able to proceed the way we were designed to, which is governed according to the consent of those who are governed on the local level. And that is the ultimate solution, in my view, the problem is the left is not going to let us enact that solution. Right. We're not, we're not going to get there peaceably. Yeah. And so it, what, what's, what it's going to come down to is people in positions like my own on a city council in an exurb of the Twin Cities up in Albertville, people like me and people who are on county boards and who are on school boards and who are in state legislatures are going to have to have the cojones to look at higher levels of government and say, go pound sand and do our own thing, and, and damn the torpedoes, come what may. Which, and when you, oh, go, yeah, ahead. go ahead. Oh, yeah, which you are doing in your campaign for city council. I mean, you've, you've basically uh, drawn your sword this past uh, couple of weeks in your city council. That's ah, perhaps a little aggressive. But you've, you've put your case out there that, uh, to a certain extent, the line gets drawn at the Albertville border uh, for some of the excesses of government that are going on. Uh, care to elaborate? Yeah, absolutely. Well, look, I mean, our, our county, you know, we're separated by a river between Wright County and Hennepin County. And figuratively and to some extent literally, that's the dividing line between chaos and order right now in the that's Twin right. Cities. You know, I mean, we, and it's, it can easily infiltrate. And they're, they're, the Democratic Party, the DFL, like the Eye of Sauron, has their gaze fixed upon our little hamlet and hamlets everywhere outside of the Twin Cities trying to aggressively push, uh, you know, their, their Met Council-style 
regional control and centralized policymaking out into, you know, further and further out into outstate. And the only thing that's going to stop that is folks like myself and others of like mind who are elected, appointed, however they find themselves in positions of influence and, and local authority on city councils, county boards, school boards, uh, and, and various entities of the like, we're going to have to be the ones who hold the line, who say no, and who are willing to – look, this is, this is what you need in terms of character from the folks who you're electing and appointing to these positions. You need people who are willing to look at their staff, their, their city attorneys, their county attorneys, their city administrators, who are telling them, no, you can't do this because of X, Y, and Z statute or, or judicial ruling, who can look at those people and say, we're doing it anyway. And yep. when, they say, when they say, well, we're going to face a big lawsuit and we're not going to be able to defend this in court, you say, bring it on. And you just move forward. That, that is what's going to be required. Because right now, we have replaced a system of checks and balances where the various levels and branches of government are supposed to check each other's authority. We've replaced that with a system of excuses and rationales where the different branches and levels end up reinforcing each other's claim to more centralized power. And, and you, you get folks in positions like mine or at the state legislature who are constantly deferring to higher levels of authority saying, well, there's nothing I can do about it because the Supreme Court said, or there's nothing I can do about it because the executive order says. Yep. And as, as long as that is our premise and our rationale, there's going to be no change. Yeah, absolutely. And, and as you point out, there, there's a significant part of American culture, say roughly about 40 percent of, of our voters who don't want federalism and a fair chunk of the rest who don't understand why it matters. I used to joke during the ascendancy of Ron Paul in 2008 and 2012 that for him to enact his agenda, ironically, and this was with tongue in cheek, he was going to have to stage a libertarian coup and uh, establish absolute libertarian dictatorship <laughs> to impose freedom on society by force if necessary. It was, it was tongue in cheek. Of course, he had no congressional bagging. Had he gotten the nomination and won the election? It's serious when it comes to federalism. I mean, it is yeah. like we are going to have to wage a federalist war, hopefully cold and intellectual and rhetorical and political, but uh, may, hopefully not. It comes to the hopefully it doesn't come to the point where we have to defend the concept by force. I mean, we're seeing hints of that in the streets of many of our major cities, including the one across the river from you, Walter Hudson. <laughs> Well, it, it is ultimately going to be decided by force, I'm afraid. And, and what I mean by that is, you know, what is the threat of a lawsuit if not the threat of force? Um, what, what is the, the saber rattling from the state when you're defying the governor's executive order or the feds when you're defying some illegitimate, unconstitutional Supreme Court decree? You know, what they are threatening to do ultimately is they're, on a long enough timeline, they're going to send guys with guns to your house. I mean, that, that's, that's their ultimate mechanism for enforcement. Well, maybe and just so, social workers. I mean, that's <laughs> what they're going for, right? Right. But, but you, you see what I'm getting after. Yeah, that I do. What, what we need is we need people who are going to call that bluff, who are going to be like, all right, send them. Send your men with guns. You know, Hank Reardon did this in Atlas Shrug, where he, he looks at the illegitimate authority and he says, send your guys with guns and make sure they bring them loaded because I'm not going to surrender. I'm not going to go voluntarily. You do not have a rightful claim over my life. And if you're going to, to use force to compel me to do what you have no right to do, then you're going to have to show the world who you really are. That has to be the conviction upon which we stand at the local level. And you're seeing that, and it's, it's causing some perturbation on, on the left, including uh, among every leftist's favorite conservative, David Brooks, who wrote a piece, I believe it was yesterday, in the New York Times, saying 50% of Republicans, and, and he's knitting his, his educated brow over this, Walter Hudson, as you're well aware, uh, are expressing some degree of, of willingness to support their beliefs, the Western civilization that our ancestors fought for, with force if necessary. And they are seeing this, by the way, interpreting this as, as a willingness to go to war if Donald Trump loses the election. Uh, this I'm not seeing, but you are seeing the idea that, that the other side is saying, oh, the other side is willing to bring some muscle to the fight. 
uh, this leads us to the brink of, of something bigger and nastier, uh, Walter Hudson. And, and we're coming up on a break here. I want to discuss that as well as get to some phone calls. Can we keep you for another segment here, Walter sure, Hudson? Absolutely. This is, I'm, I'm available. Excellent. I've been looking forward to this discussion for a while here. Uh, by the way, we are talking with Walter Hudson, who is a Albertville City Councilman. You can join us on uh, the phone as uh, we have at least one caller on the line, 651 651- Two eight nine four four eight eight. We're also available on Twitter. The uh, the hashtag is Narn Show. That's N A R N Show. Operators are standing by right now. Love to have you join us because this issue is going to come for you, whichever side you're on. If you're even if you're on no side, the future of Western civilization has you in mind, whether you have it in mind or not. Let's take a quick break. It's the Northern Alliance Radio Network. One more time: six five one two eight nine four four eight eight. Go nowhere. We'll be right back. Diamond and Silk, and we have a new book coming out called Uprising. The Awakening of Diamond and Silk. No one we grew up with could have dreamed of what we have been able to accomplish. Our mother was born in poverty to sharecroppers. She was living the American nightmare. So for us, the American dream meant not only the freedom to find love and follow our faith. Freedom meant not letting anyone else define who we are what we can do, or who we should vote for. In Uprising, we talk about the world we grew up in and what led us to rebel against that world. And how rebellion led us to speak out on politics and reach millions of viewers and how you can reach others too. You've seen us. And you've heard us. Now read all about us in Uprising. Uprising, the new book by Diamond and Silk, available at Amazon or wherever books are sold. Relief Factor, effective pain relief that really, really works. How do I know that? I don't have a script. I don't have talking points. I live it. I've been taking it for a year and a half. I had a lower back pain issue that had been plaguing me for nine years, almost a decade. I took Relief Factor for two Weeks, yes, two weeks, and my pain was gone, and it's still gone. That's the experience of tens of thousands of Americans who are taking Relief Factor right now. Don't take my word for it. See their incredible video testimonials at relieffactor.com, and then find out for yourself if this incredible drug-free product could work for you as well as it does for me and tens of thousands of Americans. It's so very, very simple. Go to relieffactor.com, order the three-week quick starter pack. It'll be at your door in three days or less. And I guarantee it, Dr. G's guarantee, if you take it morning and evening, as do I, for three weeks, by the end of that time, you will know if it works for you like it works for me. Warning, warning, warning. Once you taste the Rack Shack's Patriot Burger, other burgers will never measure up. Hey, I'm Nick Anderson, General Manager of AM1280 The Patriot, and we've partnered with my friend Keith Hitner Sr. from the Rack Shack Barbecue to create a burger worthy of the Patriot name. It's a half-pound burger that's red, white, and blue through and through, American cheese on top, and the American flag proudly waves over the bun. The Patriot Burger comes with your choice of any of our delectable sides, like our famous hand-cut fries, all just for $12.80. Best burger in town as far as I'm concerned, and it's $12.80 anytime, any day. Try today at the Rack Shack Barbecue at the Cedar Cliff Center at Nichols and Cliff in Egan. Be careful. Once you try a Patriot Burger, you may never go back to a regular burger. That's the Rack Shack Barbecue at RackShackBarbecue.com. Get that. AM twelve A the Patriot, the Northern Alliance Radio Network, six five one two eight nine four four eight eight or Hashtag Narn Show on Twitter. Either way, operators are standing by. We're talking with Albertville City Councilman Walter Hudson on the imperative to treat or to look into the possibility, perhaps, if our differences can't be reconciled, of an amicable divorce. Because the alternative 
is one of those nasty divorces that pop up on Real Housewives, uh, Walter Hudson, with lots of lawyer bills and uh, nastiness and acrimony and kids in therapy forever. Except, of course, that's not the way civil wars work out, Walter Hudson. You have a lot of people on both sides uh, talking very cavalierly about uh, going to the mattresses in Godfather terms. You have people on the left uh, waving guillotines around, uh, figuratively speaking, which I don't know if they get the horror of that symbolism, societally speaking. And on the other hand, you have people on the right saying, yeah, bring it. I I got my guns. I got my my Jeep. I'm all raring to go. Uh, Let's bring on the boogaloo. Both sides are wrong. Both sides are, uh, if not wrong, at the very least, deeply misguided. Civil war is not going to be like 1861 to 65, Walter Hudson. It's going to be more like Serbia and and Bosnia-Herzegovina 25 years ago. The horrors of an actual conflagration make what's going on on the streets of Portland and Kenosha uh, look like romper room. Right. Yeah, hard hard to argue that. (laughs) Yeah, the importance of what's happening in Kenosha really can't be overstated because K- Kenosha is what you get yes. when government at the state and local and, and even to an extent the federal level. I don't think, you know, as much as I support Donald Trump, I'm going to vote for him. I, I, he's clearly the solution in this moment. I'm nonetheless disappointed in his response to, to what has taken place in yep. recent months with these, these uh, violations of uh, law and order. Um, but, but all of that said, when, when these governments abdicate their rightful role to maintain law and order, to, ma- to maintain peace in the streets, to have peacemakers out there uh, relentlessly pursuing, apprehending, and prosecuting those who would disturb the peace and uh, commit arson and loot and assault people and whatnot. When you don't do that, it, it invites a scenario where citizens are out of frustration and, frankly, out of a sense of righteous indignation going to rise up take their weapons, go out into the street, and do the job themselves. Now, do I believe in an ideal world that somebody ought to take the law in their own hands? No, I do not. But you leave them no choice when there is no law in effect. If you're not going, if the law is in no one's hands, then somebody's going to have to take it into theirs. And that's what we saw happen in Kenosha, and it's what we're going to continue to see happen throughout the United States in cities and towns from coast to coast, unless we put a stop to this thing right quick. Prosperity is impossible without order, and freedom is irrelevant without prosperity, more or less. I mean, a nation of subsistence farmers doesn't have time to think big thoughts. Order, the quest for order is what, if nobody's going to provide it fairly and justly, people will reach out and get that for themselves, whether it's via warlordism, via creating the mafia, that's what that was originally. Yeah. Uh, people will find it by fair means or foul. Most of them are foul. Uh, people don't realize how lucky we are in American civilization, Western civilization, to have achieved a level of order without having to kill a lot of people first. Uh, let's go to the phones in Hopkins. Brian, welcome to the Northern Alliance Radio Network. You are on the air with Walter Hudson. Go right ahead. Hey, Mish, Walter. Uh, you, uh, we get, we're friends. This is Brian Dearnson. Hi, Brian. How you doing? You are live and on the air. Go right ahead. Great to meet you. Uh, Great to hear you again. Yeah. Small plug. I'm running for the Minnesota State Senate against Ron Latz, (laughs) an uphill battle. But the reason I called was, rather than a divorce, there is a a way that we can reunite the country. And it's the bipartisan idea. I got the information from... um, I can't remember the name of uh, a left-wing news source. And the nature of this proposal is what? we got a lot of callers piling up here, Brian. Uh, Head straight to it here. Repeal the uh, Permanent Apportionment Act of 1929. That limited the U.S. House of Representatives to 435. We're supposed to have one for every 30,000. That would mean we would have a U.S. House of Representatives for over 10,300 representatives. Power, like Jason Lewis says, power divided is power checked. It's certainly, I mean, reestablishing the notion that we have uh, separated, uh, separated powers 
would 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 certainly play to the notion of of, of refining federalism. But then you have to reestablish the concept of federalism itself, which is really the the, the idea the, the idea that you divide power among uh, the different branches of a government to check itself is anathema to the the people we're up against. Here. By the way, best of luck, Brian, in your race uh, against Ron Latz. I'd love to see him out of office. Uh, response, uh, Walter Hudson. Yeah, I I tend to. Uh, maybe reject is too harsh of a word, but set aside notions like that where we're going to kind of trim around the edges and rearrange the deck chairs on the Titanic. Because the fact of the matter is, the, the issue is not a structural issue. It's a cultural issue. We have culturally uh, acceded to the notion that centralized authority is a good thing, that executives ought to be able to declare from on high what the rest of us are going to do. And we've effectively neutralized the purpose for having a Congress or a state legislature or a city council in the first place, if they're all just going to listen to whatever the Supreme Court or the President of the United States or a governor tells them to do. Uh, let's go to Roseville. Anne, you are on the line with Walter Hudson. Go right ahead. Oh, thank you, and It is so good to hear your voice again, Walter. Oh, I've missed your radio show, and Mitch, I always enjoy yours. But thank why you. I called... First of all, Mitch, I'm with you. I'm a pessimist about this upcoming election, not so much of who might win, because maybe Donald Trump will win and maybe he'll win big. But the Democrats, many of their leaders have already said they will not accept the results if he wins. They So they own the country, in other words, and they will contest this for if need be, years into the future, and they'll find all kinds of mail-in ballots that weren't counted in car trunks and under beds. And, you know, we already know they've lined up a lot of lawyers to litigate it till there's nothing left, and we'll spend the next four years simply like the last four years. I don't know how Donald Trump survived these four years. It's a I great really question. Don't. Absolutely. It's a great question, Ann. And and one other thing quickly is this whole um, Antifa movement and the, all the terrible things happening in our cities. It does scare me because I've read a lot of history on the French Revolution, the yeah. Soviet Revolution, Germany in the 1930s, Venezuela. This has all happened before. It has happened, all happened before. before. And, I, and by the and way, it's one of, terrible thing. that's one of my fa- – absolutely. Thanks for your call, Anne. Uh, Walter Hudson, uh, she brings up a great point. This idea that you have a, a thuggy vanguard elite is com- nothing new. It's common to all extremist movements that seize control. I mean, Antifa uh, – is proud of its association with the Antifa of the 1920s in Germany uh, when it was basically the, the German Communist Party's analog to the brown shirts. There's no difference between them other than the accessories they wear and the, and the, and the ideology rattling around their little heads. It's the same thing. It's, it's like trying to distinguish between the Gambinos and the Luceses. They're the same thing. They just have different ideas popping around in their heads. Well, and that's why ultimately we can't put all of our eggs in the election basket. Like we, we, we certainly shouldn't be holding our breath on, on November 3rd, waiting to see what the future fate of our country is going to be. We should be committed to determining what that fate is going to be, regardless of what the electoral outcome is. Um, if, if the left succeeds in their shenanigans to get Biden-Harris put in there, or, and even if they don't, Regardless, we're going to have these continued pushes from the insurgent left to try to, to bully us at the local level and the state level and tell us what we can and cannot do and how we can live our lives and how we can define our own relationships. We're going to be tasked with defiance. That, that's going to be our only way out of it, no matter what happens on Election Day. So let's talk about option three. We, we don't want a civil war. That would be a thing of unthinkable horror. I mean, like the Spanish Civil War. Think about that. That's uh, a similar but not a, not completely uh, aligned uh, comparison, but it, it sort of works. Or Serbia or, or Bosnia-Herzegovina. Uh, and reimposing federalism is going to be, or reestablishing federalism as a governing principle, not with all due respect, as you point out, not nearly as uh, simple as, as Brian uh, would, would have us think. In fact, this is a, going to be a titanic intellectual battle to reestablish the imperative to have federalism. So let's talk about the notion of an amicable separation, an amicable divorce. How do we realign this country, potentially separate this country into in, in, in a manner that's amicable enough to not result in, I don't know, the deaths of millions, for starters, and the, the destruction of Western civilization beyond it? Any ideas, Walter? 
Yeah, I'll give you an example of how it can work. Out in California, uh, you have, uh, what's his name, Gavin Newsom is the governor out there. Oh, yeah. He has been very draconian in terms of his COVID dictates and his executive orders. And uh, amongst the, the many disparities in treatment out there has been just a horrendous and obvious and unconstitutional double standard when it comes to churches. Yep. And uh, finally, after enduring much abuse, you had John MacArthur, one of the most famous, popular uh, evangelical leaders uh, in our nation, perhaps in the world right now, uh, who made the decision, along with the elders in his church, that they were no longer going to comply with the, the mandates put forward by the governor. And they just didn't do it. Like, they just said, yeah, we're not doing that here, sorry, and, and just went on having church. And so that put the governor in a position where he had to make a choice. And his choice was nothing less than whether or not he was going to parade John MacArthur out of his church in handcuffs. And uh, at, to date, as far as I know, that has not happened. And so you want to talk about amicable divorce? That's how it occurs. You call their bluffs, and you call them every day, and you call them with, with such overwhelming intensity and force and, and frequency that they have no choice but to cave. The, the, their claim of power over you is only as powerful as your choice to assent to it. The moment you say no, you put them in the position of having to come to your house with guns. Will they? I don't think so. But if they do, then it's their choice whether this war is cold or hot. So, in other words, next time a chain of rural Minnesota bars wants to defy the draconian, uh, counterproductive, economically crippling, and scientifically vacuous uh, centralized policies uh, of, of Governor Klink's regime uh, vis-a-vis the, the pandemic uh, to try and keep themselves in business and, and keep some sort of life going on in, in, in a town where epidemics behave differently than they do in Hennepin County, let's be honest. Right. They need to meet Keith Ellison's agent at the door with, well, with some resolve, let's just say. Yeah. A, a certain yeah. amount of backbone needs to needs to be and. and I, th- I think it's probably fair to say you're drawing that similar line uh, with your candidacy and in your continued uh, city council worship in Albertville. How do we spread this idea through the rest of a state that seems more and more cowed by the display of power coming from St. Paul? Leadership. You do it. That, that's what I'm advocating for. You just do it, and you, see, you have people see you doing it, and you call them to join you. That's what leadership is. We, we have complete lack of leadership in the civil arena right now, where you, you have politicians who wet their fingers, stick it up in the air, and follow the prevailing whims of social media in the direction they think they ought to go. That's not how we're going to get our freedom back. The way we're going to get our freedom back is by taking, making bold moves at great risk, out front, with pride, conviction, and zero apologies. Yep. And the, the people will follow. Although the sheriffs outstate in greater Minnesota that declared themselves sanctuary counties vis-a-vis the Second Amendment, we need to take, uh, via the offices of, poly- of, of representatives like yourself, take that concept and push it wide across every other freedom that Western civilization has spent the last three centuries upholding. Walter Hudson, uh, we'll have to talk about this some more. This may be the hottest button topic in a hot button election season, if you think about it hard enough. Walter, thank you very much for coming on the show with us today. Let's do this again soon. Always appreciate it, Mitch. Have a good day. My pleasure. Walter Hudson, city councilman from Albertville, Minnesota. We'll be back for one more segment. Go nowhere. It's the Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 1280, The Patriot. AM 1280, The Patriot. Cool voiceover. Zany sound effect. Uh, We were going to write a flashy promo about streaming us at radio.com, but considering how easy it is to do, we'll keep it simple, too. Listen to The Patriot on the free radio.com app. At TwinCitiesTuitions.com, we recognize that this school year was a little different for you, with families learning how to work and learn from home together. We also recognize that this won't last forever. As you look ahead to the fall and a new chapter in your child's education, TwinCitiesTuitions.com will proudly be here to help with 50% off your student's first year at a brand new school. To see a full list of our partnering schools or for more information, visit TwinCitiesTuitions.com. 
For more than 20 years, investigative filmmaker Tim Mahoney has traveled across the globe in search of patterns of evidence to support some of the Old Testament's most miraculous events. Now, with the Red Sea Miracle Part 2, Journey to Egypt and Beyond, as Tim interviews some of the world's foremost experts to discover the truth. Is there evidence of how and where the host of Israelites could have traveled as recorded in the Bible? Is there evidence of the Egyptian army's demise in the Red Sea? If you've seen the first part of this investigation of the Red Sea Miracle, you won't want to miss the continuation. The results of his pursuits are faith-affirming and fascinating. You must see Patterns of Evidence, the Red Sea Miracle, Part 2. To see this powerful documentary and others in the series, go to SalemNow.com and use the promo code MINNEAPOLIS for 20% off. That's SalemNow.com and promo code MINNEAPOLIS to save 20% on Patterns of Evidence, the Red Sea Miracle, Part 2. SalemNow.com. Promo code Minneapolis. Did you know my mom's gonna have a baby? She is? Will it be a boy? Or will it be a girl? We don't know yet, but we heard the heartbeat, and my dad said this is gonna be someone very special. You mean like being a president? Or maybe a doctor? Well, probably maybe like a singer or dancer, I think. Hello, my name is Marianne Kowarski. I'm the director of Pro-Life Across America. We know that every baby is a miracle and has the potential to do great things. If you know someone who is pregnant or in need of alternatives or assistance or would like to support the work of Pro-Life Across America, please call 1-800-366-7773 or visit our website at prolifeacrossamerica.org. Pro-Life Across America is non-political and totally educational. Wake up with the Patriots Daybreak Insider. Today's top news stories from a conservative viewpoint. Sign up at am1280thepatriot.com by using the keyword subscribe. That's subscribe at am1280thepatriot.com. AM1280, the Patriot, the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Make sure you get your tickets for Unbiased, the unvarnished truth behind race in America. It's coming up a week from this coming Thursday on AM1280, the Patriot. Actually, not on the station. It's a webcast featuring Larry Elder, Candace Owens. Uh, It's an online event. Get your tickets. Uh, Go to am1280thepatriot.com. Sign up. Uh, Tickets are $8. I think they're unlimited. No refunds, of course. I mean, you, you get a ticket. You show up. Play in the background. Doesn't matter. Anyway, this is uh, until this COVID nonsense is over. This is what we're going to have to do to have a station event. And we're lucky we have it. At any rate, there was a time we couldn't have done this. So uh, it was great to talk with Walter. This is a question that has occupied me greatly just because I have wondered seeing the people I see around me in the Twin Cities metro. I wonder how it is we can keep a country together barring the reestablishment of federalism the way it was practiced in this country up to about 100 years ago. Really, up until, if you look at the history of of federalism in the United States, it was practiced in a way, more or less the way the founding fathers intended, up till about 1913, 1915, 1916. Uh, The federal government was small. It was focused on Defending the country, and by the way, uh, barely defending the country because we had no natural enemies uh, at that point. Nobody could sail across the Atlantic and really seriously threaten us. So defending the country wasn't a huge problem. That That's changed since then, clearly. the uh, oh, and Running the federal court system and maintaining a tiny, tiny fringe of federal properties, a few national parks, uh, of some some government installations, very few of them. The cabinet had a tiny number of offices. They didn't manage education or energy or housing or any of those things. Now, say what you will about that, but the, since then, since 1913, is when we got things like the income tax as a serious part of federal revenue, uh, the, the prohibition, by the way, which had to implement the income tax to replace the amount of money that the feds got from alcohol. How well did that work out? Terribly, terribly, terribly. Anyway, we had a few questions off the air uh, about this. And the federalism we had before 1913, it's, it's probably gone forever, more's the pity, because it was a marvel 
of self-government. People, back in school, even before school became open-faced progressive indoctrination, we were taught that things are just too crazy in America, too too laissez-faire, too dog-eat-dog in America before 1913. Compared to every other society in worth in the in the history of the world, no, it was not. But that's post New Deal propaganda, largely uh, trying to, largely put in place by progressives in the 1930s through the 1970s to justify the power grab by the Feds. Anyway, that's that's a goal to shoot for. It's going to take several lifetimes and probably a major catastrophe to get back to that. But. We had a few questions. It's something to shoot for anyway. It's a goal. Now, we had a few questions off the air for uh, in, relate to, in relation to what Walter and I were talking about. One of them is, what, what if bar owners were to do what, I think, Sparky's Bar, uh, the small chain of bars in greater Minnesota during the early days of the pandemic back in April and May, uh, what if bars were to just defy the state? And say, we're going to open, and the heck with you for trying. Well, the state, via its agents at the county level, will send Keith Ellison and his social workers with guns out and try to attack, I mean, take them into court, sue them, sue them for their liquor license, which is, by the way, how government maintains control of the alcohol business. The vice of alcohol must be regulated by government. And so they will say, we're going to yank your your liquor license. And as long as cities, townships, counties require a liquor license to do business, that is leverage that government at all levels has over your business. If you're a licensed business, like, for example, hair salons, who advocated for a while there trying to slip around the law until they realized their licenses would be yanked in a heartbeat if they tried to even go out to customers' houses during the lockdown and, and give haircuts, give blowouts, what all, all the stuff that they do, unless, of course, you're Nancy Pelosi. Uh, the state licensing gives the state, the city, the county, whatever level influences the issuance and retention of that license, the power of life and death over your business. So until either cities and counties defy the state on the issuance and retention and yanking of these licenses, or until enough businesses say, we're going to ignore the state, county, municipal, township licensing rules and conduct our business in an ethical manner, but without regard to your license, they have control over you. At some point, some level of leadership from the business all the way up through the local level of government is going to have to say, state, butt out of our business, butt out of our business's business. Likewise, with uh, with any sort of business where there's licensing involved, at some point leaders are going to have to step and say, this is a line you may not cross. May, it, <laughs> may we have those leaders. Thanks for tuning in. God bless you all. God bless America. George Floyd's death sparked national outrage and propelled the country to confront issues of race and justice like few times before in our history. But between partisan politics and protests, the question remains, are we tackling the issue of race in America honestly? Tough questions like this are here to stay and demand fair and truthful responses if we want to move toward a better collective future. That's why we're bringing national media host Larry Elder together with author and commentator Candace Owens for a -a one-of-a-kind virtual event called Unbiased, Unvarnished Truth Behind Race in America. Stream Unbiased live on September 17th as Larry and Candace share personal stories and present a straightforward account of the real issues of race in this country. Don't miss this important discussion in a pivotal season in our nation. For details and tickets, visit am1280thepatriot.com. Unbiased is brought to you by Roof to Deck Decoration, the Christmas lighting people. It may not be stomach issues. For me, it's intense gas or pain or diarrhea, sometimes all at once, over and over. I spent years with the symptoms but could never figure it out. No matter what I did, they never went away. 
So I decided to break it down for my doctor and get really specific about my symptoms. We discovered that exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, or EPI, may be the reason for my stomach issues. EPI is caused by my pancreas. It leads to diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, unexplained weight loss, and oily stools. The symptoms just don't go away. But EPI can show up with even one symptom. The good news? EPI is manageable. But to get to the right diagnosis, you have to break it down for your doctor and get specific about the severity of your symptoms. Visit IdentifyEPI.com to learn more and use the symptom checker to help change the conversation with your doctor. Brought to you by AbbVie. This message is for anyone looking for $500,000 to $1 million or more of affordable term life insurance. Even if you have diabetes, high blood pressure, or taking anxiety meds. Here's an example. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe overweight with type 2 diabetes, $1 million of term life insurance may only cost about $200 a month. We're Term Provider, experts in finding affordable term life insurance for those that may not be in perfect health. If you've had prostate cancer, heart conditions, high cholesterol, or on prescription medication, you may still qualify for half a million to a million dollars or more of affordable term life insurance. Get a quick quote by calling Term Provider at 800-555-2085. 800-555-2085. If you're looking for term life insurance but have type 2 diabetes, high blood pressure, or have other health issues, call Term Provider at 800-555-2085 or visit termprovider.com. Termprovider.com. AM 1280, The Patriot is 